Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye. Like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. I'm Chris Horwardale. I'm joined by Greg Crone. Greg, how's it going? Chris, hope springs eternal. We have just the wonderful beginnings of a long, arduous summer grind that will for sure only cause pain and suffering and potentially a little bit of joy. Baseball returns, my friend. What a great day. I know, what is it, 4.05 today, the Phillies game? Yeah, the Phillies are 4.05. Uh, other games kicking off in about an hour and 15 minutes now. I mean, the beginning of baseball season, always, always a good thing to see. Yeah, a lot of fun. Would have been more fun if Andrew Painter wouldn't have gotten hurt in the preseason. But, uh, uh, you know. Yeah, him. Hoskins didn't blow out his knee. Harper wasn't dealing with, you know, recovering from Tommy John surgery. Here's there's all that lot. misery you're talking about. Yeah, there, there's a lot that goes into it. But I'm I'm ready, sir. I'm I'm ready for, for all the punches. It's Derek Hall season. Uh, I don't know who's going to be pitching. It doesn't really matter. It probably does, but I'll, I'll be tuned into way too many games for sure. Well, and we had the news that the uh, the Phillies and Aaron Nola had broken off contract negotiations until after the season. So yet another fun piece of news leading into the year. Listen, listen, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I don't know what else to do or what else to tell you. It, it, I'm going to put all that noise in the background and just enjoy nine innings of baseball in an hour and 17 minutes uh, coming up. Look, I'm I'm going to watch. I'm going to be watching today because I want to see I want to see what this pitch clock does for regular season baseball. I want to I want to see if it's more interesting. I want to see if it's less interesting. I'll be checking it out. Uh, like you said, crazy amounts of sports going on today. Uh, baseball starts the NIT championship. This evening, I have BovadaSportsbook.com open in front of me, as I always do for our episodes. We'll be looking at some of the lines and some futures and some cool stuff there. But yeah, I mean, have you, you know, you've been, you've been very vocal about not liking the pitch clock. Ha- has it grown on you at all so far? It has not. <laughs> I think, I still think that it's completely annoying. I, and I will like to see it in, Actual regular season baseball, not spring training, because I think it's hard to gauge things off spring training um, in terms of like changes that they make. I feel like I'm going to be annoyed. I already sent a text message today to people that says I cannot wait to complain about the pitch clock. So I'm obviously going in with a completely open mind. Um, that's, uh-huh. you know, that's very, very clear. Um, I don't know. I guess I have to. I mean, I have to give it a shot. I don't really have an option. No, they're not um, gonna. They're not gonna play games just for you without the pitch clock. They should, though. That would only be fair. I know the the underdog series. <laughs> I mean, it'd be it, we we could make that happen, Chris. Just for me, you, Matt would enjoy it. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure where I stand just yet, Greg. <laughs> All right, fine. Not, me and Matt. I'm not sure I'm on your side with this one. <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, I'll check it I, out today. I will watch. Uh, 
I'll watch Jake Cave strike out in a crucial situation, and uh, we'll see if it had anything to do with the pitch clock. How dare you? Jake Cave's had a great spring. Um, I don't know, man. I'm I'm just excited baseball's back. It's one of the best, most fun things to undoubtedly get frustrated with, you know, one week into the season for no reason. <laughs> well, we will, uh, we'll, I'm sure, turn our attentions back to baseball before the episode ends, but... Let's talk about basketball that's going on. We have college basketball wrapping up. I mentioned the NIT championship tonight. Number four, UAB. Number two, North Texas squaring off at the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. You got any thoughts on this one, Greg? I mean, first of all, what an absolutely unbelievable showing from Wisconsin against North Texas in the semifinal game. (laughs) Yeah, I think... At, in looking at different lines and stuff, pregame Wisconsin was the slight underdog. It's like, yeah, I'll just take Wisconsin. Why not? You know, twelve point lead at halftime. Proceeded to not score for the last nine minutes of the game, which ah, is fun basketball. We need in, a, we need, we need a pitch clock in basketball to see if we can speed things up. <laughs> yeah, man, that's that's nearly unheard of. I don't know how you could go the last nine minutes of a game and not score a single point like that is it's perplexing i don't think that's even possible i think that i think there was a combined 70 points at halftime and the over under was like 114 and it ended at 110 like what how how how? but um that either means wisconsin was just always really bad or north texas is uh north texas's defense is very good i don't think it's going to matter against uab uh, I think UAB is the the team to beat in this game and, and take home uh, an NIT title. Wisconsin just doesn't have that guy. They don't have their uh, their Bronson Koenig of this season. The the guard Hepburn and uh, and and Steve Crowell are their leading scorers, and I don't think either one of them scores more than thirteen points a game. Yeah, they, they, I, Wisconsin basketball is so much to me like Virginia where it's just slow, methodical, and if you don't have the guys that can hit shots, it's completely ineffective. Well, and I love, uh, I love, yeah, Hepburn, their leading scorer, also their leading assist guy, 2.8 assists <laughs> per game. Talk about, uh, I feel like I could, I could step in and get three assists a game. I feel like it's nearly, if you're the, if you're the lead guard on a team, I don't know how it's possible how you couldn't, Chris. Like, well, he, he shoots pretty poorly, and so does the rest of the team. They only shoot 41.5% as a team. Man, that's sad to see the state of Wisconsin basketball uh, here at this at this rate, be finishing in the t- final four of the NIT. Yeah, well, well, I'll take the final four over losing in the first round. Well, that's also probably true <laughs> and probably would have happened. A heartbreaking defeat for my Wildcats, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, it is what it is. So you you like UAB minus uh, minus the two and a half at Bavada? Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's where we go with it for sure. You gonna be watching? Uh, I'll probably be. I'll probably have it on a second screen. It'll be mostly baseball today, but I'll uh, I'll have the NIT tuned in. You won't even you won't watch a championship game over opening day baseball. Just uh, oh, crazy. Opening day is so special. Opening day is so special, Chris. It's just it, it it's uh it's just different. I don't know. That's just what it is. I mean, I, surely we'll have the NIT on. There's no doubt about it. But I just don't know if it's going to get priority one screening. All right, let's talk about these final four games we've got in the NCAA tournament kicking off on Saturday, April first, April Fool's Day, and. 
feels appropriate as three of the four teams in the final four, I believe, are making their final final four debut. First time it's ever happened. It's crazy. What an insane tournament. Absolutely nuts. But wasn't this the year, like, I think I said this going in, like, this is the year where we kind of expected this because there wasn't those dominant teams. No, yeah, it, there was never, never a long running number one. Like, it was, it felt like it was always flip-flopping. So I guess we shouldn't be that surprised. Let's talk about how we got there. Uh, the Probably the best game of the Elite Eight, I think, was that San Diego State-Creighton game. Uh, SDSU wins 57 to 56 to punch their ticket to the final four. Were you at all surprised by this? Yeah, I thought Creighton was going to be a lot more dominant, to be honest. Once once Alabama fell, I was like, all right, well, Creighton's for sure going into the final four. I, there was almost no doubt in my mind. Um, just because of the playmaking ability that they have, Kalkbrenner mm. very good, Nemhard very good. Like they. They just they they had the pieces, and you felt like this was this was their chance to get there. And San Diego State just stepped up and and like made it an ugly game for the most part, and played good defense. Benefited from a very late foul call for sure, but I mean the, the game doesn't completely boil down to that one call. And and I love people. Listen, this is exactly like the Super Bowl. There is times to make calls and times mm-hmm. not to make calls. Would I have liked to have not seen a foul call there and it go into overtime? Not just because I had the over. That has nothing to do with it. <laughs> However, no. you got it's a foul. Like, you can't put your hand on a guy's hip and push him from behind. Like, you just yeah. can't do it. Don't d- keep your hand off of him or do it a lot, a lot less egregiously. And there's a chance that we see overtime on a missed, a missed floater. So. On the other end of that, FAU beats Kansas State in another really good game, 50, uh, 79-76, to advance to the Final Four. This, I mean, this is crazy. FAU is playing in the Final Four. FAU or San Diego State is going to be playing for the championship, Greg. Dude, when they were showing different like different um, graphics and things on Instagram that I saw about like who's going to be playing in the title game and that side of the bracket, mm-hmm. it's... It's crazy. It's crazy to think that any that either of these teams made it this far. Uh, but the fact that it's a reality is even is even crazier. Um, FAU, they've just played well. Like pretty much the outside of that Memphis game, and you know, probably should have not gotten the ball back on a jump ball. Yeah. Outside of that call, FAU's been very good. Even when they struggled early on in the first half of uh, their their round two matchup, fairly Dickinson. Yeah, they. They didn't look great. John L. Davis was uh, a slow starter, I guess is the best way to put it oh in that God. one. But did you did you see the interview with him after that? Uh, after that, I believe it was the second game where he was like the the announcer throws him a real curveball, like I mean a real a real softball, very different things, uh, very, a real softball, and she's like. She's like, oh, yeah, you know, your coach has been recruiting you since the he saw you 10 minutes into a workout and blah, blah, blah. And, like, all she was looking for was him to say something like, yep, the team played hard. We played really tough. And he said, well, I'm a great player. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, confidence, having some faith in yourself. I get it. Like, all right, settle down, fella. One, you're at FAU and, uh, you know. You are not you're not a dominant force for the Owls there. You average 13 points a game. That's final four bound FAU to you, buddy. Well, yeah. 
<laughs> and very, very well may be uh, championship-bound FAU, but we'll talk about that in a second. On the other end, we have Miami beating number two Texas, 88-81, to advance to the Final Four. I mean, Texas just choked this one away. Like, yeah. you were winning the entire game. It should have never been a contest. And then all of a sudden, Miami just started creeping back in and creeping back in. And before Texas knew it, they were down and had no idea what to do. They they were stunned, I guess, is the best way to put it. And the final matchup, number four, UConn, number three, Gonzaga. I feel like... I feel like this had to be the shocker of the Elite Eight. The the Zags just got dominated by UConn. They didn't show up. Timmy was really bad. Um, I mean, like I I I don't that this should have been a year where Gonzaga had no pressure on them and and the talent and honestly the the lucky breaks uh, in their their side of the bracket to where you know they should be able to reach the Final Four and instead. Mm-hmm. UConn just absolutely demolished them. <laughs> so and I know Timmy was in foul trouble for part of it, but by the time that really was that really mattered, they were already down so big it was over. Well, I, he's just I feel like a good coach can effectively limit what Drew Timmy's going to do in a game because we know what he look, unbelievable college player. He's been around for 37 years. He scored a <laughs> lot of points. But we know what he wants to do. Like he's not an athlete. He he wants to go to the basket. He wants to finish at the rim pretty much all of the time. He he is creative in getting there. He handles the ball decently well for a bigger guy. Although I don't for a moment believe he is six ten. Uh, I think I think Drew Timmy's probably going to measure in the six foot eight range when it comes to pre draft stuff. And I think he's going to end up being a guy who's probably unplayable in the NBA because he is so bad defensively. He feels like a guy to me who's going to make a lot of money playing overseas for a long time. Yeah. I think that's what he has to be. I don't, I don't know if there's a spot for him in today's NBA. If this is 1998, it's probably a different story. It may be even a little bit earlier than that, just because of his skill set. But I agree with you entirely. I don't think I, Unless he severely is able to expand his shooting range and consistency, there's no way I see him being an unbelievably effective NBA player. No, and I mean, he is he has tried to extend his range a little bit this year. He's taking, taking more threes than he has in the past, but he looks so unbelievably uncomfortable when asked to do so. Yeah, it's, it's just, well, because it's not his game, right? It's his... He's never had to play that way or never been forced to play that way. So trying to do it now at 27 years old as a Uh 12th year senior doesn't, it doesn't come, uh, it doesn't, doesn't go well typically. Yeah. Somehow he'll be back next year. I Um, think he's going to grad transfer. (laughs) He's going to FAU. (laughs) I, I am actually wrong. He took, he took slightly more threes last year, took 0.9 threes a game last year to his 0.6 this season and shot 16.7% from the, from the three point line. Yeah. The, The weird thing about Timmy though, is like for a guy with such great touch around the rim, kind of a terrible foul shooter. Which is a problem, right? Like, if you're going to be the inside presence guy, you know you're going to go to the line. You have to be, have to be good there. Yes, never in his, in his long and storied career at Gonzaga, uh, shot seventy percent from the line. 
you would have thought, you know, as a freshman with Adam Morrison, he would have been super, like, could have taken a little bit away from Adam's uh, free throw shooting abilities. It's It did not rub off. <laughs> yeah, I think that it's unbelievable. All right, so let's look at this Final Four matchup. We've got San Diego State, number five, versus number nine, FAU. It's going to be on Saturday, April Fool's Day, a um, tip-off time at 6.09, PM. Love those 609 starts. Yeah. And uh Bavada has Bavada has San Diego State uh, a two point favorite. I I get why San Diego State is the favorite, but I kinda like FAU here. I like I think they have a, a coach who is able to really adapt and and play to their strengths and and figure out if something's not going right how can we fix it mid-game and I don't necessarily know San Diego State feels like they have one way to play basketball and it's it's we're gonna defensively harass you we're gonna try to muck the game up and go from Mm -hmm. there and I just think that FAU has the ability to play uh you know whatever style that the other team's gonna force them to go to you know um I don't know. Maybe that's just wishful thinking, and I think it's hilarious that a nine seed is going to be in the the championship. But crazy. Um, it, the issue: San Diego State having a coach with as much coaching experience as Brian um, uh, Dutcher. That's got to be it. Has like that's that's an assistant coach for the Fab Five. Like that's a guy who mm-hmm. spent a ton of time in big time college basketball. Um, so I think there's some experience on, on San Diego State side from that point, but I just there's something about this FAU team that I think they have they have a real shot here to to pull off the upset again. Yeah, it's it is crazy, and you are, you are right. It is Brian Dutcher, the coach at uh, the coach at San Diego State, his sixth year with the Aztecs, and just a guy who's just like you said, been around and done some stuff. So when you have somebody like that, it is, he's a calming force. Yeah. A hundred percent. One, I just hope, I just hope that whoever comes out of this game gives us something good on Monday night. That's my biggest thing. Yeah. And look, I mean, they're a number nine seed, but you can't take away from the fact that like Florida Atlantic is one of a handful of teams to win 35 games in a season. It's a lot. It's a lot of wins. A lot of wins. It's a crazy amount of wins. All right. So from what I get from you, you're a Florida Atlantic pick. You're taking Florida Atlantic plus 135 money line at Bavada on this one. Yes, sir. All right. Let's uh, let's talk about number five, Miami, Florida, and number four, UConn. I know you've been on that UConn train for a while now. The line at Bavada on this one, UConn minus five and a half. It's a lot of points to give to Miami, but I just think if UConn keeps the momentum from last weekend and how handily they've they've just really they've let's be fair they've just kind of run through everyone that they've played whether it was Iona uh, whether it was Gonzaga it's it's been I can't remember who they played in between that but in all of their games they've just been overly dominant and if they if Danny Hurley can keep that going with them. I don't see I don't see a way for Miami to, to stick with them. Like I get Larinag has been here before. He's been to the final four. Um he he knows how to get his guys up for it, but this this Yukon team just feels like a buzzsaw. 
Yeah, and pre- UConn beat another five seed. That's what you're forgetting, the St. Mary's matchup in the second there round. Yeah. And they just absolutely handled a really weird but talented Arkansas team after that. Yeah, and I mean, part of it, the, the, the Arkansas thing, like Arkansas beat Kansas, but Kansas didn't have Bill Self. And they, I know, you know, it's still the same players, but coaching matters and self's experience, I think, would have helped them down the stretch in that game against Arkansas. Can I tell you, just while you're you're talking, Bill Self, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I I went to the Kansas-Stanford game a handful of years ago, and I sat courtside. I have never seen a human being get more red in the face in person (laughs) than Bill Self. Like, I honestly, like, I feel like you could feel the heat radiating from him. Also in the building, Dickie V and Condoleezza Rice. It was a a weird group. That's a heck of a day, Chris. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what to say. Yeah, it was a weird group, but yeah, Bill, I, like, I couldn't believe it. Like Bill Self, I honestly thought like he was internally cooking. <laughs> like he's, I'm trying to, th- oh, what's the word for that? There's something, there's a specific word for when something cooks from the inside out. I can't think of it, but I, I, I understand exactly what you mean. But yeah, so like that, that's the part where like Arkansas is very good. I think they benefited from that. Um, but uh, like UConn just like dispatched them without any real challenge. It's been, they've been the team of the tournament. If we're being perfectly honest in terms of just like pure dominance, win and advance and not really have to be bothered by anything. I'm looking for, I'm looking for these pictures for you. (laughs) I just wonder if they can keep doing that against a team like Miami. That's the only question. And like, if if the game is a close game, Miami, I feel like they've just only won nail biters the entire time. So, um, I'd be very interested. I guess Miami kind of dis they they kind of just crushed Houston pretty easily. So I don't know. It's yeah. That's that's oh, going to be a really fun game either way. This picture I sent you isn't the best indication, but he trust me, his face gets his face gets a lot redder as the game goes on. Uh, oh actually, it was a little bit closer. We got we got Condi, we got Dickie V, and Bill Self in those <laughs> pictures. I mean, this is just insane. Yeah, it was a it was a weird group hanging out at the Stanford Pavilion that day. But <laughs> a little fun. Palo Alto action. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm a big fan of the Stanford campus. That's a it's oh, very nice. Campus. They've driven through it uh, before. It's uh, unbelievable. Beautiful campus. It was weird. It was weird going there prior to COVID and then like having to drive through during COVID when, when I was in the area and it was just like, it was completely dead. It it's, well, I mean, I know that was everything, but it just, especially I felt like college campuses were, they were eerie during COVID. I know it was like, like ghost towns almost. Right. Is that what it felt like? Very much. I was like, where, like, Last time I was here, there were a million people. Where is everyone? What is going on? And uh, that's that was my COVID experience, Greg. I know a lot of people's was different, but I was like, hey, where'd people go? The only, believe me, I, <laughs> mine was, hey, you're just in your house now for with, with two very young kids. I see pictures now that pop up and I'm like, I can't believe I went through this. And then yeah. the next day it's like, I can't believe I went through this. Yeah, there and was, I can't. I can't believe it lasted a year and a half, <laughs> dude. Dude, there was one, like, because I had let my beard grow very long for the first time in my life during oh, that. Me too. Yeah. And I saw a picture the other day. We got one of those new, 
um, like Amazon, they have a, a, a device that will not be named because uh, it will start talking, but they have a yeah. thing called and, a sh- a, and if, if my significant other listens to the show, she'll get mad at me for mentioning it. Exactly. So um, the there, it's like a show tablet type thing, and it's very it's very cool. But it's now in our kitchen. There's like a giant touch screen, and you can do pretty much anything with it. And uh, like it'll show old pictures, and mm-hmm. like that's where it showed up. And I was like, I cannot believe I ever had a beer that long and that ridiculous. I do. I do remember the day I got just fed up with it, though, and I was like, I, I have to shave. This is getting ridiculous. Yeah, I. I went. It's hard to remember because so much stuff bleeds together, and so much of it was kind of like speculative from prior to all of that's beginning. But I'm pretty sure I went about 14 months without a haircut. So <laughs> I had like, longest hair I've ever had in my life by far. I remember the day that I we ordered. We ordered clippers from Amazon because I was like, we, I, I, like my hair's so long and I can't deal with this right now. I, I need you to just shave my head the whole way down. Like I don't have anything I can do. Well, that was the time to do it too. It was the time to mess around with all that stuff. I, yeah, I had didn't wasn't shaving my face, super long hair, like just really embracing the homeless look. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we're not here to talk about. We're not here to talk about what a blast COVID, the early days of COVID oh, were. Oh, God. Yeah. We are, uh, we're here to talk about the Final Four. And I've got the futures open here at Bavada for these Final Four teams. We've got UConn minus 125, San Diego State plus 365, Miami plus 500, and FAU plus 600. Where are you putting your money? I think, I mean, if you want to get a little more value, I think the play is Miami. Um, but I think, I think this one's, this one's potentially just chalk and it's Yukon and you eat, you, you bite the bullet with a little bit of the juice there at minus 125. I don't think the left side of the bracket wins the tournament. Now, I've been wrong about a lot of that uh, in terms of like random teams just winning games. As constantly. everyone has. Don't feel bad. <laughs> so, uh, but I think, I think. I think if you're gonna, if you have to do it, I'd probably go UConn. But I could see, I could see Miami if they win that game. They're the ones that take it home. Being wrong this year is—it's the least embarrassing it's ever been in recent memory in college basketball. I, I remember after the first, uh, the first round, I think ESPN said that like point zero or point one two percent of people still had potential perfect brackets. Well, I just don't know who's picking. Like, who's the guy that picks the sixteen one and the fifteen two in the same in the same year? Like, well, I get picking it if, once. If Matt had ever gone to Princeton, then he might have. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> but that would have been an absolute fluke. How about exact final result? What is what is uh, your most likely final result? I think it's what- FAU UConn. So you have you believe UConn beats FAU. That's what I think. And that is plus 270 at Bavada. It is the second most likely outcome. Can you guess the least likely outcome? FAU beats Miami? Is correct. Bavada <laughs> has that plus 1,200. I'm actually surprised it's not FAU beating UConn. I would think that would be higher odds. That's crazy. Give me a... I want to talk about one thing after this. So give me your pick for today. Like I said, 405 first pitch, 
Aaron Nola and the Phillies, Jacob DeGrom and the Texas Rangers. That's a weird one. And uh, Bavada has the, the Phils. What? Plus 115 on the money line? It's continued to move, but when I locked it in as the lock of the week this week on Better's Delight, I love the Phils in this matchup. I think DeGrom's a guy we've seen a ton. We don't know. I mean, obviously, it's a whole new setting for him. But he's also a guy that who knows what happens. We could be three innings in and there's, you know, abdominal tightness or hip tightness and he's leaving the game in a precautionary manner. I I just think this team, there's so much momentum coming from last year. I I love this Phillies team. I'm in. I'm in all day. Now, talk to me at 8.05 and the season could already be over one game in uh, with 161 to play. So. Yeah, you're to show uh, the dedication to his craft. Your brother literally texted me, and he's like, "Hey, just so you know, I'm going to be watching the Phillies game during while we're recording." <laughs> um, I listen. I for a long time, I was I was supposed to have something this afternoon that got postponed um, until uh, next week, but I was I was under the impression that the Phillies were the one were one of the 105 games, and I was like, "Well, that's just going to be on in the background while I'm doing this because I don't have <laughs> I don't have any other options, but." Uh, yeah, no, the uh, it's it's a good thing that it'll be on at four oh five. A lot less distractions. I mean, darts will be on the main TV. It's stop week, it! Just stop it's it! Week don't nine of the don't, Premier don't, League. Don't even make me mad with stuff like that. <laughs> Just don't even say shit like that. <laughs> oh, buddy, it's it's gonna be a fun one though. I'm I'm ready for baseball. You got you got on. You might be the one person in the world. Honestly, like I wonder what Bavada would have the over under on on this in terms of total people in the world doing this that has darts, the Phillies, and the NIT championship game <laughs> on at the same time. <laughs> what time's the NIT championship game start? Because there's a potential that I would have all three on. Uh let's see. The the NIT championship game today. I had it earlier. I'm gonna move back. Gonna move back. Watch as I keep pushing back on my browser. <laughs> if nine nine thirty. By the way, how about the fact that like there no <laughs> this is their way of saying that nobody gives a shit yeah. <laughs> about the NIT championship that game. They're like, yeah, let's start at nine thirty Eastern time. Yeah, that's far too late to do that. Um, yeah, so unfortunately they won't all be on at the exact same time. But there's zero doubt in my mind I'm the only person in the world who's watching all three of those in one that's day. Really- well, you figure nine people watch darts, like 28 <laughs> people are going to watch this NIT championship game. So the odds are not high regardless. Correct. hundred percent correct. How did this week's episode of Better Delight go? Oh, it was, it was a fun one, man. We, uh, we, we got everything in and we spent a very long time covering baseball. We learned Mike's door is slanted in his room and absolutely disgusting and old. Um, I'm sorry. Pardon me. I, he's got a very old door, like it's the original door that came with the house, and just the doorknob is very old, and it looks. Matt pointed it out. Matt has a new background, which makes him look which like he's was in just, nothing. Yeah, it just looks like he's in an empty room now, which is very interesting. Is that um, is is he down the is he in a, the basement now? He has officially moved into the basement into his new area. He's got to figure out what he's going to do uh, behind him, which will be very fun. Um, yeah, and Mark, Mark was good too. We, we gave out a lot of picks, a lot of, a lot of homerism, I think with some of these futures, uh, for the baseball season, but we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes and, and what to expect with it as the season rolls on. 
Uh, so last thing I want to hit on before we get out of here, you sent me a text yesterday mentioning a show that I begged you to watch for a very <laughs> long time, begged you, begged you to watch, pleaded with you to watch for a very long time, Ted Lasso. And uh, you're talking about how great season one was, and I, I could not agree more. Season two also spectacular. But what have your thoughts been of the third season thus far without any spoilers? So I've only seen the first two episodes. And I know I was we were in the middle of watching the second episode as I got a notification from Apple TV that the third episode was now available. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's been good. I think there were things that I, I remember when I was watching season two that I didn't want to happen and things happen that they don't like that they talk about in season three and you're like, I'm okay with it. Let's see where this goes. Cause there's clearly something brewing. I just think going back and revisiting season one, like I did over the last couple days, I, the, the, the writing and the story arcing ability of this show, even from season one into season two, things that they were clearly setting up early in season one that didn't occur until season two. Yeah. It's very good. Like it's, it's really, really good. Uh, and I think they're just going to continue on that path. I like, I like where everything feels like it's heading, which is cool. So, uh, I I was on a trip at the end of the week. Uh, we were super busy last week, and I haven't seen, I haven't been able to watch episode two yet. And I called myself last night. It, it's tough because it's on Apple TV. So even though it's, I love the show. It like it doesn't just show up when you have to go looking for it. Is yeah. what I'm saying. It's easy to forget about it. So we, we were home last night and we were just, we're watching like, we're watching Brooklyn nine, nine while we're having dinner. And afterwards I was like, why, why the hell didn't we watch Ted Lasso? <laughs> like I completely forgot about it. But as I've said, I've only seen episode one thus far. Let me ask you, and maybe, maybe you, you definitely have more information than I do on this. Do you think they're setting up a redemptive arc for Nate this season? Um, redemptive. Redemptive, maybe. I think. I think it's a very real possibility that that's where it goes. I think it's a very real possibility. Because what I saw in episode one seemed like that was we we're kind of heading in that direction a little bit. But again, I haven't seen, and, and not to say he wasn't a he wasn't a uh, a classic antagonist. In that uh, in that episode, he certainly was, especially with the press conference and all that stuff. But uh, it, it seemed like we were kind of going in that direction a little bit. Maybe I'm completely wrong. I've uh, I, I've, I've never been wrong before, so it, it, <laughs> seems, it seems unlikely. But who no, knows? I I definitely and like I'm trying to think of because I've now watched like several hours of Ted Lasso. I'm trying to remember what happened in the second episode versus season one, episode five. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a real possibility, and I think, I mean, to be fair, as a fan, I would hope that it goes that way, just because that was a character who was uh, beloved, I guess, is a good way to see it. I don't know. Uh, liked. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> definitely liked. Uh, but again, but like the whole the whole heel turn that happens is so obvious, and we should. Oh, Seen it coming we all i think we all did all so i mean i think most of us did see that well, by the end by as the as season two wears on yes it, we definitely saw it coming because there was a clear character shift so it's i, I mean but he, they were setting it up so early and it's just crazy it's crazy it's an unbelievably great show and i thank you every day for for uh 
for bringing this into my life. And by the way, like what a, and this is spoilers for season two for anyone who hasn't seen it. Like what a weird thing to get upset about that a guy who was a kit man when this, when the show started, like, and was promoted to assistant coach of what was a was a championship level soccer team over the course of these short, these short weeks is upset about his career progression. It's nuts, dude. It's, it's, it's banana land that that's how that goes. Cause like, it's easy to forget that they were in the champions league. Right. And they got, and they got, they got, you know, there was the thing at the end of season two that where they were prone, you know, they, they went back to the Premier Again, League. After I'm, I'm trying not to give spoilers, but I said sure. spoilers. So yeah, promoted back to the Premier League. Yeah, it's 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 crazy, absolutely crazy. The the heel turns for no reason. It's insane. Yeah. It's like you like Roy more than me. Yeah, Roy's one of the greatest characters in TV history. Uh, dude, he's so good. He's so good. Like it's it's nuts. It's nuts how funny is. Everything he says is just perfectly timed. It's it's unreal. I completely forgot about the darts scene, Chris. I, I it popped onto my screen and I was like, this is amazing. How did this I forget about marriage that? of all of your loves right Gosh, there? I mean, bring it all together, Chris. We rewatched the the last episode of season two before we watched the first episode of season one. And the thing that I always forgot about that made me laugh every single time was just saying whistle. <laughs> like that's hilarious. Exactly. <laughs> um, last thing, other, other basic cable news have kind of bummed me out do you see house of the dragon got uh their season two shortened from 10 episodes to eight episodes what i know bummer right oh god and I it's gonna kick this and it's gonna kick off in the summer of 2024 you can't ruin opening day for me fella because oh, but, but did, this you not, news did you is... not just get the update about aaron Nolan? <laughs> no what <laughs> are you serious or are you joking They'll do this to me. Just messing around. Okay, good. Um, No, I I didn't know that. That's a bummer. That's a bummer. It's a show that needs 10 episodes. um, So that's kind of annoying. But I like that I could just bring you down a little bit on this joyous day. Listen, all I know is I'm only a few weeks away from a a, a vacation to the UK. I'm going to find Ted Lasso Uh and bring him home, um, make him coach the union. Uh, so there's that it's opening day. There's a lot going on. You're not, I can't be bummed out with, uh, house of the dragon news, even Ted though now can, I might be. Ted can come be an assistant coach for Wrexham when they're here to playing. I uh, was it man. U? yeah, they're playing man. U in uh, I think in California, right? I, I believe that is correct. And I expected more hype from you from that announcement. Uh, it doesn't do I like, I'm not, that doesn't interest me. I like the, uh, the friendlies don't interest me so much. That's a huge issue with international soccer. The amount of friendlies that these teams do actually play, it's completely... Like, to me, you're right. It's just... We're just watching exhibition games. It's this annoying. Is, this game is a commercial for man, for Wrexham. That's all it is. Exactly. Well, it's... Uh, listen, get a little more popular, more money to spend. You know, may see them in the championship sooner than, uh, sooner than later. How about... Uh... How about the hell of a signing from them? Their their backup goalie Rob Layton goes down, and they're just like, "Yeah, let's bring back Ben Foster." I'm like he, he was here before. He's a, he's spent his career in the Premier League. Let's just I know he's he's about to turn forty, but let's, let's just bring him back for the rest of the season. Listen, when you sell your mobile phone company for like two hundred plus million dollars, it gives you a little more spending money. 
Yeah, they uh, and they spent it. <laughs> they a bunch of transfers brought in, I believe, three new players in the end of the late transfer window. And they'll get Aaron Hayden back healthy. They'll get Tom O'Connell back healthy. Everything's looking good. Tied at the top of the table with knots right now at 97 points, but they've played two fewer games. Wrexham's in really good shape. I'm, I'm I'm bummed that I didn't get my pick in this week, but uh, I know I I know very uh very sad to not have you on there after a three and week the week before. I know, and it's this is a gimme week too. Although they do always play these guys tight. Last five matchups, only one of the one of the five games has been more than a one goal differential. But uh, I think I think this is gonna I think they're gonna cover everything this week. But that's not what I'm here to do. Um, fun week. Opening day, Final Four, NIT Championship. Greg mentioned darts might be a thing. <laughs> Hope everybody enjoys it. Uh, I know we will. For Greg Crone, I'm Chris Wardell. This has been You're Wrong, and here's why. Thank you for listening. We'll see you back here next time.